the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. The reading for the study on Pentecost is Acts chapter 1 verse 12 to chapter 2 verse 13. Amen. So we're looking tonight at the uh, that day of Pentecost, which just passed passed through, and uh, just lots of things going on there. But I love the law because the Lord is is of course he's, he, he fulfills his promise, but he's got a he's got a timetable you see, and he does things in a certain manner in a certain procedure, so we can see and we can know that he's that is him working. It's it's no no coincidence that Jesus dies on the Passover, is it? No coincidence there. Um, Jerusalem would, would have been full from all over the world of people and they would have seen Jesus on the cross and they would have heard about him ri- rising from the dead. And because obviously in, in, there were three feasts, Jewish feasts, three Jewish feasts that where they went to Jerusalem, where they, they had to go to Jerusalem. One was Passover, they'd just gone. And another was 50 days later, which was Pentecost, which is where we are now. The Lord wanted people to know that he's not only died and rose again, but he sent the Holy Spirit as he promised Remember, he promised to fulfill the word, to begin the church. And so every, everyone, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people there would have been touched by God. And what, what would have happened? They would have taken the gospel back to where they came from. God knows what he's doing. Always a set plan. But it's very interesting that the, the Pentecost, of course, uh, we call it Pentecost, but it was, the, um, it was that feast where they celebrated the giving of the law. And uh, again, it's no coincidence the, the law is given, the word is given, and at the same same time, the Spirit of God is given. The Word leads us to realize, look, we can't do this. We need the Holy Spirit of God to help us. They lifted up that uh, end of the harvest, the end of the grain harvest, the wheat harvest. They would wave it before the Lord again, thanking the Lord for his provision and his blessing. And uh, lift it up. They have those two loaves they would make that they, they said was the, the two... two uh, uh, stones that uh, Moses brought, but of course the two laws also could be signifying the Jew and the Gentile coming together to make the church as well. So we have all these pictures, but the Lord is speaking, and it's very interesting. When the giving of the law happened, what happened? The mountain shook. It was on fire. It was you know a mighty time, and He said, "Only get, don't come anywhere near here." And the day of Pentecost, what a mighty time! The place was shaken, the place was full, and fire came. And rested on every one of them. So we have all these pictures that that uh, the Lord is speaking and reminding us of that He's at work, that He fulfills His word. He's got a timetable. He's, he's what He's promised. He's faithful to, and um, thankfully He promised. Let's have a look at that promise right back in the Old Testament, Joel chapter two. We know this one, but it's a great verses. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions, and also on my maid, men servants and on my maiden servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Then the sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whenever whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But at Mount Zion 
and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant of whom the Lord calls. So there's the promise of the Lord. I will pour out my spirit. So when we say, Lord, move in power, move in majesty, move in miracles, fill me so I can touch those around us, that is a, from the promise of God. See, we can say to the Lord, Lord, this is your promise. Please fulfill your promise to us. This is what you promised. And uh, uh, when they were beginning, of course, after that, Peter preached. We didn't read that. And he said, this is the promise of Joel. This is today. The, the, the Lord promised it. Remember John 14, 15, 16, he was introducing the disciples to the, who the Holy Spirit was and is. And he, he was telling them what he was to do and what he was going to do. And he said, you're going to come just like me. He is, but he, he won't be in one place at one time. He'll be in every one of you. So he, there's the promise. There's our promise. But I love God's word because we only got to dig a little bit deeper. But right back in Genesis, he's, he's given us some pictures of, of what he's looking for, who he's looking for. And uh, how he comes on our lives. Uh, Genesis chapter 8, 6 to 12. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in that park and sent out the raiment, and it kept flying back and forth until the water had dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find no place to set its feet because there was water over the, all the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dev and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dev from the ark. When the, the dev returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dev out again. But this time, it did not return to him. We see a beautiful picture. Dove, remember, dove is always a picture of the Holy Spirit. That, you see, he's, he, what is, what's the verse there? He could find no place to set his foot. Go straight to verse 3 of chapter 2 of Acts. The Bible says, the Holy Spirit settled down. He took a boat. He set his feet, in a sense, on the people. He's looking for someone to set his feet on. Of course, we see the raven, well, he had a field day, didn't he? He's a carrion bird, he'd eat anything. He was loving, but not the clean bird. The dove would not set his foot on something that was dead, something that was dirty, or even that which was damp. I can't keep the D's, you see, because, uh, see, nothing. But you know what? I, what I love is that he set, when he found a place to set his feet, he settled um, on that which was clean. Now, it's interesting that there was still a lot of chaos going around there. So if we think, I'm Lord, Holy Spirit, I want to be filled, I want to be, uh, uh, you come into my life with such majesty and power, uh, but I've got to have all this squared up. Now there's got to be cleanliness and there's got to be a thirst. But even there, there's chaos because it's just the flood, the floodwaters are receding. Just imagine the mess. You know, when a house is flooded, it? but thankfully he found enough place to put his feet. And Lord, the Lord's only looking for a, a spot. Now, he wants the whole of your life, of course. But he's just looking. Once he comes in, then he'll begin to deal with all those, the, the chaos. But he's looking for cleanliness. And so he, he, right back there, he's, he's, he's given us an idea of where he just longs to come in. Give him space, he said. Give him space. Well, of course, um, the first thing the Lord did, died, rose again, 40 days. 40 days he's appearing. And then he, he's ascended. 
But he says, he, he tells them to do a few things before this. And uh, we'll just read those. Luke 24, 46, 53. Right, we'll read the verse before it. it. says something. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Like you have opened our minds. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer, suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up the hands up to bless them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at that temple, praising God. Stay, wait, until you clothe the power of Omen High. Now, he, he, he's given them a, 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 a command you, remember the promise, I promised. Let's read Luke, uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 8. Same writer. <clears throat> and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, saith he, ye have heard of me. But John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, <clears throat> they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father have put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It's interesting that the Lord reminds them of the promise, but he doesn't tell them when it's coming, as we've viewed before. Not many days hence. Doesn't tell them when. Because you know what? He's again testing their hearts, try see where their faith is, see see where their heart is. And uh, it is no coincidence that we are told 500 see him rise from the dead. And we have another number when, who, who's still there at the end, 10 days later. 120. Less than, just less than a quarter. I wonder what happened to the 380. And we've talked about that before, haven't we? How they must have thought, well, yeah, perhaps, perhaps we had it, we'd misheard. Perhaps we, we didn't realize. Perhaps the promise... It will come a different way. Perhaps this and perhaps that. and Perhaps we, we may just give up. All those kind of things. God is looking for those who will wait and tarry and persevere. Why? Because it does us a world of good. Because it proves our character, proves our, our heart, and it increases our faith. And God is in no rush. Have you noticed that? God is in no rush. And, and if you read through the Bible, we see many, many, many uh, who didn't wait, didn't stop, didn't, and missed it, missed it. But we saw those who waited, tarried, and, and looked, and we see Abraham, 20 years, J David, 
anointed as a, t- as a teenager, but had to wait till he was 30 and didn't meet. He had to go through some stuff before he became king, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure with that day he was anointed king when Jesse came, um, uh, Samuel came. He thought, oh, wonderful. And I'm glad, he, he probably glad he didn't know that what was going to happen in the next 14, 15 years <laughs> of Saul, you know, running after him and, and nearly killing him. His, 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 his friends, his, his, his men nearly killing him. Um, but, you know, God is in the business of proving us. Um, those who wait patiently for the Lord, he's inclined to me. And he heard my cry. This is, this is David speaking. Um, uh, Psalm 40, I waited patiently, trust in the Lord, wait on him and you will not be ashamed. Psalm 25, he understood those who wait. And the Bible says those who wait, uh, those, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Because it proves our faith. We are resting. We are re- but of course, they didn't just rest alone, did they? The Bible says they were continually there, praising, worshipping, seeking his face, praying, Lord, we want this promise. You said it. We need it. We need it. Um, and the great thing about when we are in that attitude of praise and prayer, God is again at work in our hearts. Um, Hosea 10 verse 12. So for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord, till he comes and rains righteousness on you. See, if you've got areas in your life that are fallow, that are undug, that are unfruitful, the only way to get them fruitful is to seek the Lord. Because you can't do anything on your own, remember that? It's got to be the Lord's work. And we come before the Lord, this area, this fallow area, this fruitless area, Lord, we need it. And, and there's, so in their time of praying and praising, their Lord was just getting themselves ready. The Lord was preparing the ground for the dove to take his place in their lives. That's a wonderful picture. The Lord is working and he, he, he's using this and, and he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. Ten days. Ten days. A long time, isn't it? Um, especially in our, our culture, our society, where everything is today, isn't it? Dear me. And, and I, you've got to be careful yourself. I'm, I'm waiting at, at, at traffic lights. I'm just coming even from the house to you and there's new traffic lights. And I'm thinking, come on, come on, come on, wait, wait, wait. And there's no, nothing happening. I don't, don't get me started. And I'm thinking, why, why? Impatience, impatience. And, and we, our, our world is full of that, isn't it? Um, and, but God is a patient. Thankfully, he's patient. If he was impatient like me and you, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Uh, but he's a patient. But he's, he's, he's proving us. He's proving us. And in that time, the Lord is doing a work. What about these lovely work, these verses? Again, I wonder if these verses were coming into their hearts and minds. Um, Isaiah 40, 28, 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not defeat. Those who wait, the word is hope, wait. Remember we talked about that binding, that, that rope to bind, to entwine. I am waiting on the Lord. 
shall renew their strength. And, and I wonder if those verses, you see, there's never, it's, when we're in the Lord's presence, when we're praising and praying, there's never, there's never wasted time. That's always an investment. Why? Because the Lord is always doing a work in us and with us and through us. And he's preparing us for something he's going to do in, in, the, in, in, in the future. And what did someone say? Uh, present obedience is the condition for future blessing. I thought that was quite interesting. Present obedience is, 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 is for future blessing. So now we have these people waiting, waiting, the apostles and everyone else waiting. The Lord pours in, comes in, fills them. And, and we see lots of things happening. We see lots of changes, changes. First of all, in their character. Listen, listen, listen to these verses, uh, Acts 4, 8 to 13. <clears throat> then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, <clears throat> then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you, you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under the heaven given to mankind, but which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. See, now the Bible, Jesus said, when you are baptized with power from on high, he will be baptized. Of course, that means drenching it, to immerse with the power of God. There's a dramatic change when we are filled with the Lord, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that it not only wants us to speak in tongues, it's the power to witness, isn't it? It's power to live like him. That's the awesomeness about it. And we see these, Peter... Remember, we, of course, we read this sometimes. We forget. We, we take, you know, because we, we read it like this, we forget the, our, our time scale. Remember, how long ago? 50 days before. He had denied, disowned the Lord to even a little girl. He couldn't even stand up to a little girl. And he was a broken man. The Bible says Jesus looked at him and he wept. Uh, he, he, he was a broken man and when Jesus restored him you could, you could sense the brokenness in his life yet that disowner that denier stands up on the day of Pentecost but this Acts chapter 4 is he standing before the Sanhedrin now you, we may say oh well but wait this is the Sanhedrin who just crucified Jesus they had the power to say Peter you, you finish mate but the Bible says what a change from all of them 10 out of the 11 disciples became martyrs what a change they'd just been hiding and, and frightened and fearful but now they would give their lives what a change when the holy spirit comes in baptizes. there's a the pentecost effect is there's a dramatic change so much so the bible says the sanhedrin who were the intelligentsia not just the ruling class the intelligentsia said look at these men they're unschooled ordinary men the word as i said before is where we get the word idiot from they were, in a sense, they, they, were, they weren't schooled men, were they? They were fishermen. They were men of trade. They were unschooled men. But the Bible says when they saw how they spoke, when they saw their wisdom, they knew they'd been with Jesus. What a change. What was the difference? Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, baptizing them, not just in them, but pervading and overflowing in them. So there's a dramatic change. Lord, we need that, don't we? We need that. Um, changing their thinking as well as their behavior and their character. Remember, they were, their, their question was, Lord, when are you going to restore the kingdom to Jerusalem, to, the, to Israel? They were thinking here and now, and they were thinking Israel, specifically Jerusalem. They were thinking it was temporal and local. And the Lord says, no, 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 you've got your thinking wrong. My kingdom, remember, is eternal. You know, don't worry about what's going to happen to Israel. I'll square it up. Your preaching is to get people in the eternal kingdom. And it isn't just in Jerusalem. He says, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts He's changing their thinking from temporal to eternal, local to global. And, and he, he does that to us. We're not thinking, our, our, our life is defined by eternity. And God help us with that. Define our life by eternity. And not just here, this is where God's put us and this is where we serve him with all our heart. But we have a global. We, 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 we say, Lord, we want men and women saved. And that's what we give and we encourage and we send to those around the world. Why? Because we are part of a global uh, work, the gospel of every man, woman, boy and girl. Amen. So there's, there's a change in their heart. There's a, there's, then there's a, a dramatic change in their devotion, their commitment to the Lord and to each other. Um, Acts 2, we know these verses, but we'll do it again. Acts 2, 42, 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking the bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, and having favour with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There was a continuing, strong, <coughs> steadfastness, a change in their commitment. You can see it back in verse 14 of verse 1. They continued, continued uh, in prayer. That was, their, that was their beginning. And now they were, they were coming together, just worshipping the Lord. They daily coming together to all those, those five things we looked at before. Worship and discipleship and evangelism and, and building each other and ministry and all those things. They were devoted to it. Nothing would alter that. Nothing would change that. Uh, so much so that there were distractions. Isn't there always distractions? Yeah. Always. Yeah. And let me just say, we'll read a distraction, uh, which was a, a, um, a, a valid distraction, but they solved it, and they wouldn't let themselves be distracted from the most important. Acts chapter 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on table. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. 
a valid distraction because they were doing a work, they were feeding, feeding all those people, and they said, look, now something's happening. It, it, see, there were problems even when the Lord's even moving. There's always problems, isn't there? There was a, uh, that someone we had over, overlooked. We can only take it as it is. That perhaps they were being overlooked. And uh, the disciples said, right, we've got to sort this out, but we will not be distracted from our main purpose is prayer and the word. That's our, our main focus. They were totally committed. They said, right, we need other, other men, fine men, three things, good integrity, filled with the spirit, filled with wisdom, get all of those and they can do that. We will not be distracted. See, their, their commitment to their purpose was whole. And we've got to be careful. And we, we, we love that story of Mary and Martha, Luke chapter 10. And maybe that was in their thinking as well. What is the most important? And most important is your knowing you, Lord, listening to you, hearing you, spending time with you. And out of that flows purpose and service and worship and all those kind of things. And they would not be distracted. Their commitment was for... I wonder, it's very interesting, isn't it? When you think, I wonder if they'd gone and done that and sorted that out themselves. What would have happened to the church? That's interesting, isn't it? When you think of those things. But they said, no, 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 we, we can't be distracted. We need to sort it out. We've got to deal with the issue, but we're not going to get involved with that. We'll just bless those men who can take the take the work on. So there's that great, great depth of commitment. When the Holy Spirit is on us, zeal for the Lord, zeal for his people is just burning within us. Uh, the, the third thing we see, community. Oh, what a difference. There's a change in their priorities. There's a generosity that goes beyond um, normal generosity. Um, Acts 4, 32-37. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things that which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them, and brought the prices of the things that were sold, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and, dis and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land sold it, and bought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. We see a great community, one accord. It's very interesting, <coughs> 11, 12 times that, word, that, that phrase, one accord, one mind happens, 10, 11 times in the book of Acts, where the church is flourishing, the church is thriving where the church is beginning one mind one thought there listen there was no one lacking they had an understanding there was a change in their heart change in the community that look everything i've got is not mine it's just loaned me by the lord and when we begin to think that's stewardship you see why because i can't take anything with me anyway so it isn't mine is it i'm only i've only got it for a certain amount of time and you know what, I'll be, the older you get, you're thinking, Lord, I, I, you know, just to, just to sow into lives. To, if there's a need, you know, meet it. Meet the need. Um, where do you see a need? Whatever the need is, time, expense, bless. Why? Because 
the when the Holy Spirit is upon us, there's a great community, and that's why fellowship. Uh, the old word when we looked at fellowship is is that the thing called utopia. Um, and you say, how can there be such a, a place? Well, it should be in the church, shouldn't it? Why? Because we all got one Father. We're all under His authority. We all under. We we all should be coming more like Him. There's issues. Acts chapter six, but dealt with, dealt with. Great community. No one was in need. Why? Because people saw and they they. It says that didn't it? They had nothing as their own. So I'm looking for some money after. No. <laughs> so there's community, but the last one I love because you know what. You can, you can be as full of God as you want to be. Holy Spirit, remember we talk, we, I showed you the balloon? The balloon is full when I blow it once. But the, the balloon has the capacity to expand and increase and get bigger. You know what? Your spirit is has great capacity. The Lord will bless you as much as you want to be blessed. The Lord will fill you as much as you want to be filled. Thankfully, he, he's not a skimpy uh, niggardly God he's a God that longs to fill uh, let's read those verses that can f- bless us um, Ephesians 5 18 to 20 and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Be filled. There's the the baptism, but there's continual filling. You know why? Because we leak. (laughs) We leak. And um, we grieve the Holy Spirit, don't we? We grieve him. Dear me. And he tells us how we grieve him. And it's very clear there by attitudes and our behavior. And and we need to be, build ourselves. I said, build yourself in the most holy faith. Praying in the spirit. Power in our declaration, in our demonstration. He wants to give us that. But thankfully, listen to this verse. Beautiful verse. uh, John 3, 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God does not give the spirit by measure. God does not give the Spirit by measure. No, I'm going to give him just a little bit. And I give her just a little bit more. No, he says, if I send you and you open yourself up, Lord, just flood me. Flood me. And, uh, you know, the more, the more we drink, thirsty, thirsty, thirsty we are. And great, thankfully, the Lord fills us over and over again to give us new revelation and new, um, uh, new understanding. What about this? Even, even at our death, the Holy Spirit is working, giving us great revelation. Listen to this, these verses, Acts 7, 55, 56. And he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked at steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. What? Filled with the Spirit as he was dying, and he had a vision of the Lord standing. What is he standing for? He's not sitting, he's standing, ready to welcome him. Come on, Stephen, you're coming home. You're coming home. Beautiful picture. But revelation, to, when we're filled with the Lord, filled with the Lord. Well, our, our last verse, um, Jesus, again, on the, on, the day of Tabern- on the Feast of Tabernacles, he goes up. And uh, again, when he begins to speak like this, they understand exactly what he's talking about. 
Remember on the last day of the feast, there's amazing rejoicing where they take a, a pitcher of water from the Pool of Siloam, take it up to the temple and pour it onto the altar. And uh, they, 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 they are singing uh, Psalm 130 and 118, the great Halal Psalms, plus that uh, particular um, uh, Isaiah 12, isn't it? With, with joy you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. And they take it up. And in the middle of this, they, they are rejoicing. And, and history tells us, and they tell us, there's no greater rejoicing in those days. That just blessing the Lord in the Feast of Tabernacles. The Lord's blessings, provisions, protection through through the wilderness, and Jesus stands up and says these words, uh, John 7, 37-39. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a low voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. You drink, and you will receive. And more than that, it will flow out of you. You see, we don't want just a well, salvation, John 4, the well of salvation. We want the rivers. Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us, fill us. And he said, those rivers will flow out of you. There's great capacity with the Lord. Change, oh dear me, there's change going on all the time in our lives. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working on us. Uh, great commitment. You see, when there's a drop off on our commitment, the Holy Spirit is, is being silenced in our heart. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit is there, he's saying, Lord, you need me. You need to be zealous for the, the work of the Lord, the kingdom of God. Commitment, community. When we see a need, we, we meet it. We meet it, we see and we meet it. However costly this. Why? Because there's nothing I have is mine. We, we, our thinking is changed. Our thinking is changed. And there's a great capacity. Thankfully, God says, look, I'll fill you and I'll fill you again. And I'll fill you so much that you will run over, overflow. My cup will overflow to those around us. Lord, we need that, don't we? They, they, they knew they'd been with Jesus. They knew they'd been with Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.